Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Happy Thursday. Let me turn down my music here. Uh, listening to some music on Pandora. Anyway, uh, this is uh, Jim Ventura. This is your first time tuning into Snake Oil Radio. Uh, I am a, a little bit about me, a little bit about the show, and then we'll kind of launch into our, our uh, you know today's show and talk a little bit about that. Uh, I am an oracle reader and a navigational consultant. Uh, I work with uh, numerology and astrology and tarot and animal cards and runestones. I have been doing that for many, many, many years now, and uh, I do private consultations uh, here in my home office in Phoenix, as well as by phone. Uh, if you want information about that, you can you can check that out on the on the web link here and get some info about any of those things. I'm also an author. Uh, I'm actually about to publish my second book, which is Snake Oil Volume One. I'll talk maybe a little bit more about that later also. And I published a book a few years back called Dirty Little Secrets, and uh, both are available on Amazon.com, uh, or you can get them directly through me if you want a signed copy as well. I mean, one of the things I always like to tell people about me, uh, you know, one of the reasons I use the the, uh, the the label navigational consultant as opposed to a psychic, you know, I think people have too many you know, beliefs and, and perspectives and connotations about what a psychic is supposed to be, and um, I don't like to uh, jump through hoops for people in terms of their uh, beliefs and, and what they, they kind of want me, in essence, to be. I, I am very intuitive. I, I use that a lot when I when I work with people, my intuition. Uh, but primarily, uh, I like to say, you know, one of the things I do with clients when I work with them is, Especially when they're here, but even over the phone, of course, is we you know we map out and we look at the cards and influences that are happening in your life, and uh, we see where things are, and I kind of tune into that. But but primarily, um, I, I tend to work with clients in in understanding uh, where you are, where you're going, what the challenges are, and also the gifts and uh, you know and, and abilities and, and opportunities that are coming up uh, along the way. Are so we can work with those. So a little bit of a different slant on on some of these things. Um, if you've caught some of my writing, I have been writing the uh, Snake Oil column for many many years now. I've actually been doing it since late 2003. So uh, we're pushing in toward almost 10 years now for having done that. Uh, I do do the monthly column. It is free. If you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, you can email me at venturasage at yahoo.com or VenturaWords at Mac.com and get some information and insight about any of the, um, you know, uh, information certainly about my uh, my services, but also the column, again, is free. Um, you kind of get to read the books before I publish them. Uh, in fact, Snicko Volume 1 that I'm actually currently publishing, like literally right now, it will actually be available in um, in, in mid-February is a collection of about the first four years of the column and then some added, uh, what I like to call snake charms, which are uh, just added kind of uh, little pieces of, of, uh, of knowledge about how to meditate, uh, ear coning, um, how to do lucid dreaming, you know, kind of very practical tools to help you, you know, get started along the way on your own metaphysical path or to help you along the way if you're already on that path. Anyway, so... Uh, 
Uh, very excited about that. In fact, today, this has been a really, really good week for me. Uh, I certainly noticed a big change in 2012. Uh, 2011 was a tough year. I might talk a little bit about that on the show today. Uh, it certainly was for me. It was for the uh, same as well for a lot of uh, my clients and friends uh, and a number of people that had gone through some, some real difficulty in 2011. And I definitely would include myself in that list. It was, it was kind of a tough year, but uh, purposeful. And uh, what I have noticed is that 2012 seems to be a very different kind of vibrational pattern as to where things are heading, certainly for me and for a number of friends and clients. Uh, you know, I, a lot of people are, are still going through struggles, though. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, things are very cyclical. And uh, if, you, if you are going through any difficulties in your life at this point in the game, whether they be uh, relationship, uh, financial, uh, you know, emotional, uh, or even physical, then, you know, know that there's always a purpose uh, to things, even if we can't necessarily see why we may be going through those things, uh, there's often a purpose. You know, it's tough when, when your, your body is hurting or you're dealing with illness or financial issues, again, or emotional issues. It's tough in the moment to kind of be able to see the larger picture. And most of us aren't really necessarily capable of doing that, you know, when we're going through things. But I think if we do remember that there is always a purpose to what we're going through, and that may not be revealed until, until later on uh, in that respect, then that maybe can give us a little bit of optimism and hope. Um, my, my good news for the year is uh, I had made a decision uh, in the last couple of weeks that I was going to return to television, something I have not done in about 13 years. Uh, um, I used to do a public access show back in the late 90s here in, in Phoenix, actually Tempe, uh, and I did that show for two years. I actually did about 19 or 20 shows. Uh, it's very fun. Uh, I, it's really funny when I look at the old tapes of myself uh, doing the show. Of course, I was in my early 30s at the time, and I look like such a baby. <laughs> I'm sure everybody goes through that at some level. Like when you look at your, uh, you know, pictures of yourself from years ago, or even video, especially. I mean, it's like mind-boggling. I look like such a child. Um, and I always struggled with that. I always had that kind of baby face thing. But, of course, that has worked very well for me now that I'm in my uh, my mid to late 40s. Uh, I still look younger than my years, which is awesome. So I guess there was, a, again, there was something good that I had to just, you know, wait for in that sense. I used to get proofed for for, for things uh, like up until my early 30s, like almost all of the time. It was actually a little frustrating. So uh, it's funny how uh, that has turned around. But, yeah, so I did a show some years ago, and I haven't done television in a while. I've been doing radio, certainly, um, and I, just, I made a decision in 2011 toward the end of the year that I was going to return and begin to do television again. Uh, you know, the question was, how do I get there? Um, and lo and behold, I contacted one of the local morning shows here in uh, Arizona and um, sent them some information, found out who the producer was, and called and Bingo, I am on air on Sonoran Living on ABC 15. This coming Monday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. live, doing uh, some numerology on air for uh, the hosts and probably for some of the uh, audience as well. So that is very fun, and it really was a directed energy. You know, it's funny because 2011, really tough year. Again, very, very tough year. Um, 
and I think again, it was for a lot of people. And uh, part of it was, you know, I had uh, I was you know two two years before that I had been doing a part time job to supplement my income. Yeah, I make a, a good income from doing uh, navigational consultations and and guiding and helping people. But you know, of course, when you're in a in a downturn economy. You know, a lot of people who would normally love to have sessions have to cut corners, so I totally understand that. Weren't necessarily able to afford uh, working with me in the last year or two, so a lot of my regular clients had to kind of pull back. Um, so uh, that decrease in income and in addition to losing, you know, a, a fifteen to $20,000 a year part-time restaurant job that I was doing to supplement my income also disappeared. Uh, the restaurant closed in uh, early January, so I so last year I I lost a you know a huge chunk of income, so it really was a tough year uh, to maneuver. But, but I think the reason I'm sharing this is I kind of want my listeners to hear this uh, in relation to anything they may be going through. Also, again, uh, I knew there was a purpose to what I had been going through, and for me. You know, what was happening is, like, I have a, a typical pattern. Like, I'll get up in the morning, and I make myself tea or coffee and breakfast, and I, you know, I'll check my messages in the Internet, and, and you know, I don't usually book appointments before 10 o'clock um, in the morning, and I'll kind of, you know, watch TV for a little bit, a half hour or so, drink my coffee or my tea, and, you know, kind of vegetate a little bit before I start the day. So I, I sometimes will watch some of the morning television uh, and I noticed that there was a lot of different morning shows here, and I kept thinking to myself as I'm watching them, I kept thinking, you know, oh, these morning shows, it's always a chef or a personal trainer. Um, a lot of times they have the same kind of stuff. And not that those things are not awesome. I've got friends with a number of chefs. Uh, one of my best friends is a personal trainer. Told two tremendously valuable things that can help people. Uh, but, you know, again, I thought, you know, I could easily go on air and and really give some people some insight and and teach some of these basic things that I know to an audience. And I kept thinking about that, you know, and this was going on for months while I was having a difficult kind of tight year. And then, of course, the light bulb began to go on. Finally, it just took a little while <laughs> to uh, to pay attention to the prompts that I was getting. And I kept thinking to myself, well, if I'm going to go on television again, I need to get a PR person. I can't afford a PR person. How am I going to do that? So I just kind of started thinking to myself, I keep. I think I'm using this as an excuse. I think I need to do my own PR. And I had a mental block about that. You know, selling yourself, it just always seems sort of cheesy at some level. So I had a mental block about it. And finally, a belief and finally, um, you know, the light bulb went off that even if it was cheesy, it was what I needed to do. So, strangely enough, really on my first attempt, uh, well, I should say second attempt, because I sent some information out back in uh, early November to a couple of the stations about 11, 11, 11, and I didn't get a response on that. And uh, I decided to kind of hit it again in late December, early January. And, uh, you know, again, I, I there was a friend of mine at my gym who was a chef at one of the major culinary schools, and I always see this dude, good guy, and, uh, you know, he's always on TV. And I asked him, you know, who I should contact about doing this, and he told me who to call. And it was even funny because I, you know, had a bit of nervousness about that, about calling, and uh, I, finally, I finally called, 
and I got the you know the producer's machine, and uh, I got to leave a nice message and said you know call me back when you have the time, no rush of course. And then a few days later, I sent some tangible information about what I thought I would do on air to her, and lo and behold, just yesterday got contacted. And uh, not only do they want to do one normal segment, but they want to do two segments because they happen to be kind of light on Monday. So I'm actually going to get more time than I normally would have on air. So everything just kind of really, really started to line up. And I thought it's funny because, again, the prompts were there. But also, you know, and I, I'm actually, you know, I, current, I just finished writing um, a column for my uh, for the February newsletter. And I talked a little bit about this here, too, that... You know, I, I can really look back and think about the fact that had I been born into really easy wealth or money, how it really probably would have been a negative in that I may have gotten kind of too lazy and not necessarily been as motivated to do the work that I'm meant to do, which is to, you know, to navigate and help guide people, um, teach, you know, metaphysical classes and write books and all the things that I'm good at and that I love and that I enjoy doing. Again, I might have been lazier had I had easy wealth. So it's funny how, you know, you can look at back on that as an adult now and realize that it was purposeful. You know, now there's no reason I couldn't manifest um, more abundance because I would use that money more wisely than I would have potentially had I had it thrown to me when I was younger. So again, Everything has a purpose, and I, I wanted to use that story to illustrate to all the listeners that, you know, if you're going through any difficulty, know that there's a purpose to it. Also know that there's a solution. Every problem has a solution, and we always have to remember that. We may not be able to see that solution while we're necessarily going through it, but know that it exists um, and that uh, often, you know, your your own higher self, God, whatever your words for that are, uh, will will guide you and and in, instruct you in a way to bring you to that solution. You know, when you go through difficulty, again, I think a lot of times you could feel like you're being punished or that you're unloved um, or or not being acknowledged or not being taken care of, um, whether it be from your family members or you know friends, people you love, or just that feeling that the universe isn't taking care of you. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, one thing, I, again, I'd I, I like to remind all of my listeners is, you know, these have been, you know, tough couple of years, and very few people have not been affected by the difficulty that, that has come down the pike, but know also that it won't always be this way. Okay, so anyway, um, I want to welcome all my listeners. Uh, I know I have some people jumping in and out of the chat room. And again, I know a lot of people are potentially listening live. If not, they will be catching it on the archives. You know, all the shows go to ar archives, so if you miss any of the show or you have to jump out during the middle of a show, uh, you can always catch the rest of it at, at your leisure at any point. So uh, don't worry about that. Uh, this is my Listener's Choice show, so I am going to open up the phone lines, uh, see if anybody wants to uh, ask a specific you know, metaphysical question, if there's a subject that they want to talk about, or even if they want me to pull a card or two for a quick little mini, you know, three, three, four minute uh, quickie uh, reading um, is also an option. Uh, so let me throw that number out. Uh, that is 646-200-3966 if you'd like to call in to the show today. Um, you might need to dial a one before that, but again, that's 646-200-3966. So if anybody wants to call in, uh, I'll take some calls. We've still got uh, a bit of time. 
And if not, we'll uh, I'll continue to talk about a few other things I think might be of help to people. Uh, some shows I get a lot of calls. Some shows uh, everyone is kind of quiet and doesn't necessarily want to share uh, what may be going on in their lives, and that's cool. Also, uh, sometimes people just like to listen, so nothing wrong there. Anyway, so uh, what I have been talking about, and I'll, I'll put that I'll put that number back up again in a little while. We still have about another twenty minutes, twenty five minutes or so of the show. Uh, but I'll put that number back up in about 10 minutes or so um, as another reminder. Uh, but what I've been talking about, I was mentioning that I'm, I'm going to I'm giving an opportunity to go back and do some television again. You know, it's funny because one of the other things that I think I will probably talk about a bit more in February, but I think I will mention now since we seem to have the time to do that, is uh, one of the most common questions that I have gotten in the last two months and into the new year, it seems like everyone is looking to kind of figure out what their life purpose is. So uh, this seems to be a very um, common question or a struggle a lot of people are going through. You know, one of the things I always really like to remind people is, one, if you're, you know, if you're in your 20s or your teens um, and you haven't found your life purpose yet, don't think you're strange or that you're kind of behind the game. You know, in a very practical world, our lifespans are longer than they were 100, 200 years ago. We live longer. You know, just as a general rule, people are going to start pushing toward 100 or so. So, you know, you hear the joke that, you know, 30 is the new 20, 40 is the new 30, 50 is the new 40. Eh, I think it's kind of true. So it can take us a little longer sometimes to figure out uh, what we're we're meant to do in that sense, and and that also can evolve and change over time too. But you're not behind the um, you're not behind the game in that sense, or failing if you haven't really fully figured out what the life task and the life purpose is. You know, I was pretty lucky. I kind of really became aware of it. I would say by about 26 or so, um, really became conscious of what my, my life task was. And then it took me a while to get comfortable with what that was. And it's funny because I, I might have told this story in, in a previous show, but when I first moved to uh, to Phoenix from New York, 20-something uh, years ago, 21 years ago, um, I had some real turbulence when I had first moved out here. I moved here with a very difficult person who was struggling a lot, um, if anybody has uh, read Dirty Little Secrets, my first book, I, I talked about this in, in some depth in, um, in, in Dirty Little Secrets. There's a piece called Criminal that I had talked about. And uh, I had, was having a very difficult time the first few months that I was here, and I had gone up to Sedona. And if anyone, uh, you know, anyone who's not in this area, Sedona is um, it, it's a town that's about two hours north of Phoenix, somewhat in the mountains, so it's a little cooler in Sedona. A very famous uh, town, very metaphysical, spiritual place, very popular tourist spot, uh, very cool um, mountains, a lot of red rock. Sedona's pretty awesome. In fact, it's one of the motivating forces, I think, that got me to come out here, even though I decided inevitably that I didn't actually want to live in Sedona as much as I just want to visit it once in a while. But I had come out... And I was going through this tremendous difficulty in living with this criminal, and uh, so I had to, I just needed to get away. And I, I took a vision quest, and I went up to Sedona. Um, 
And at that cocktail, I'll talk a little bit more about a vision quest when I finish the story. And I went up to Sedona, and I, you know, I paid to have a reading done. And there was an Indian woman, and she did my cards and the outcome, because I kind of asked that question, what is my life purpose? What is my life task? What am I here to do? And the outcome in the, her cards came out the storyteller. And she said, oh, you're, you're meant to be a storyteller. That's what you've come here to do. You've come here to tell stories. And I kind of looked, you know, and something clicked inside that it made sense. But, of course, the maybe more New York uh, cynical part of me was kind of like, you know, how the hell is that going to make me money, you know, being a storyteller? I know I'm a storyteller. I've done it all my life. How is that going to make me money? And, you know, um, you know, she gave me a little bit more information, a little bit more insight, but I, I, I walked away feeling at one level like I had gotten some good insight, but another level I was still somewhat confused. Although I think that probably had more to do with the, the difficult circumstances that I was going through with the, uh, the psychopath uh, criminal roommate at the time. And uh, so uh, it's funny looking back on it. You know, she could not have been more right. That's literally what I do. I'm a radio show host. I'm an author. I'm a columnist. I, um, you know, again, I'm going to be doing TV. I counsel people. I do a lot of talking about personal stories and really dialoguing with people when I actually counsel and help people in the navigational consultations. So really, in essence, it is kind of what I what I do. And it's funny because all the things that I'm doing now are things that I did when I was a child. You know, I used to um, like to take uh, cassette recorders and record, uh, you know, like little mini uh, radio shows, sometimes with my friends, sometimes on my own. Um, we did uh, plays. Uh, we did all kinds of, um, uh, you know, I also made a lot of little books. I made comic books. I made instructional books. I used to love to go to like use a copy machine and photocopy them up. It was really the biggest thrill in the world for me. Um, books. So lo and behold, uh, you know, again, the, the other thing was I, I also, I mean, I was, I was counseling people. That's what I was good at. I can really give people insight. And I was always very intuitive. And, you know, I can see patterns and sticks. And so all the things that I became were the things that I already was. So it's the first challenge that I have for all my listeners. If you're you're struggling really for life purpose, you know, look at the things that really uh, bring you joy and happiness. Don't look at them through the lens of how they could make you money. Look at what turns you on, what makes you happy, what feels fulfilling, uh, what what brings you joy in that sense. And as you look at those things, you will begin to tune into how what kind of road you can take to incorporate those things into the life path or the life task. And you know, there's other ways, of course. Your astrology will help you with this, doing your numerology. There's, there's many other ways one can look and get insight. But, you know, if you, um, you, know, you can't afford to have a session or you, um, or, or you can also, you can certainly uh, research on your own. A lot of things will help give you that insight. Um, astrology was a huge help also in really, really figuring out what I was meant to do. I have a lot of planets in my fifth house, which is a performance risk-taking house. Um, a lot of planets in my sixth, which is, you know, health maintenance of the body, fixing, resolving, tactical mind. Uh, you know, a lot of those dynamics were my chart that helped give me insight into what I was meant to do also. 
But really, you know, even at, at, again, at a very base level, if you begin to look at the things that you're drawn to, you will start to really find yourself being pulled in certain directions. Now, then the key is to not be afraid because, you know, your higher self will give you impulses, pushes to begin to, to look into things, to chal- you know, to challenge yourself, to move in some different directions. And, and really try to get out of the way of thinking that you necessarily have to be a celebrity or, you know, um, that you have to be a specific thing at this point. Uh, not everybody's meant to necessarily do that. Some of some people are meant to have, you know, regular jobs that bring them joy, and their their primary goal is to raise a family, or to be, um, you know, a big brother or a big sister. We, we have different life tasks and and purposes, and we have to realize that what, what we are is never wrong. We just have to kind of piece together and figure that out. You know, it, it's like this corny cliche that you do what you love and money will will come, money will follow. And there really is a truth in that. It just may take you a little bit of time to get to that that place and to trust that path. Okay, looks like I have a caller here, so I think I'm going to take the caller, and then we'll get back on the subject after a couple of minutes of checking in with my caller here, I believe. Okay, let me get my caller on air. Hello, Catbray53. Hi. How are you? Good, and you? <laughs> Welcome to the show. What's your name? Kathy. Kathy. Okay. All right, Kathy. Uh, thank you for calling in. Um, do you have a comment, question? Um, tell me what your, um, what's on your mind today. Mm, not much. I just, just dialed in to listen. Cool. Uh, okay. So since you don't have a specific question? Um. Not really. Okay. So what I'm, what I think I'm going to do um, is, and, and I'll, I'll check in with you, with you if this is okay. You know, a lot of times when it's the new year, it's kind of fun to pull an oracle to see what the um, what the energy of the year is for you. Okay. So are you are you okay with that? Okay, because like, you're just a guinea pig, then I'm, I'm throwing you under, <laughs> under the bus and that stuff. But you know what's actually very cool? If you've caught the show before, a lot of times people will tell me later on that I, I pulled a card for a, a listener and then that applied to them too. So I'm going to do that and we'll kind of see what, what comes up. I think I'm going to, what I'm getting as an impulse is to pull a power animal card for um, you for the coming year. So let me do that. Just give me a moment here. And we'll see what comes up, and I'll tell you about what your what your totem out of power animal is that's coming up for the year. All right, let's see what we get here. Okay, all right. So the animal that came up for you is a seal. And the seal comes up upright in this case. So let me tell you a little bit about what this means. Um, and then if you want to give some feedback on it, you can. Otherwise, you're allowed to quietly mull on it. <laughs> Again, I won't put anybody on the spot. Um, but a, a seal comes up as a power animal for the year. So uh, these cards, these these are some of the many different oracles that I work with. And the seal in the Druid tradition, these are Druid animal cards. Um, seal means love, longing, and dilemma. So what's interesting is I don't know if you've ever heard this Irish tales about um, seals changing themselves into human beings. Have you ever heard of that? I don't know if I still got you here. Okay. Hold on one second. I'm flipping open up my Oracle book here, too. Okay. So I don't know if Kathy's still here, but I'm going to keep on with this subject anyway. 
So the seal, in, in Irish tales and in Druid tradition, they believe that seals would, um, seals could, let me see, I don't know if we lost her here or not. Okay, well, I'm going to keep going with this in case she's still listening. Um, seals were able to, uh, from time to time, they would change into human beings, and then they would marry or mate with people, and then inevitably they would be called back to the sea. So uh, I think there was a movie called uh, The Secret of Roan Inish that came out years ago, which we talked a little bit about some of this tale. And very, very interesting philosophy. So in, in the culture, they would often say to be careful if someone leaves a puddle when they get up, they might be a seal person. You have to be careful about that. So um, a lot of times when this comes up as a totem animal, it can indicate that you know love may be coming into your life. We're not necessarily sure whether it's going to be permanent love, in that sense, but we know there's some type of trigger around this. Um, he also uses the idea that um, there can be a dilemma or a longing that is pulling at you at this point in the game. So let me tell you what the Druids say about this, and then um, I'll speculate a little bit on it in relation to Kathy. Um, in the Druid tradition, they say this card calls to you from the sea people of the sea. The song of the seals upsets and frightens many who hear it, it is a mournful and human sound that stirs the heart of the listener to the core. It is a call from the sea, from the unconscious, and from the depths. It calls us to the, uh, from the waters of our births, from our beginnings on earth, and from our brothers and sisters in the animal realm who are closer to us than we dare imagine. We fear this call because we may be drowned, overwhelmed by our feelings, but do not let your intellect imprison your heart as a human imprisons his celshi spouse, the magical seal. Opening yourself to the promptings of the unconscious of the feminine and your dreams and longings will bring transformation, healing, and love into your life. So I will say, you know, believe it or not, this is a great marker uh, for Kathy and anyone else who is listening because usually, you know, it means there are prompts coming from the unconscious, from the subconscious that are pushing us at some level toward, um, you know, fulfilling our dream, toward finding love, toward finding a fulfillment. But again, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit scary. If you ever hear the sound of, of a seal cry, that's where the Druids would say that. It, it almost sounds like a human uh, child crying. Very, very, you know, very, very scary. Let me see if I can get Kathy back on, because I think I might actually put her on hold. Okay, Kathy, you still there? Yeah, I dropped off. Oh, okay, I got you back. And I wasn't sure if I did it to you, too. Sometimes I'm a spaz. When it comes to the when it comes to operating the the equipment here, did, were you hearing what I was talking about? I did. Okay, cool. So that's what the seal kind of brings up. But always, it's kind of a duality because we're being drawn somewhere. You know, I mean, when when water is a strong influence for us, we're being pulled towards something, in that sense. But again, that can sometimes create a dilemma in our psyche because we we may know that we need to go there, but sometimes we can get a little nervous about uh, that experience. When it comes to matters of the heart, you know, sometimes if we've been hurt before or if we've had difficulty, we may be a little bit phobic about letting ourselves go back into that world again at some level. But what the seal brings to us as an awareness is we, we, will, we will have dreams, we will have triggers that will begin to pull us toward, you know, the, this realm of the unconscious, toward what it is that really would be beneficial for us in our dreams in that sense, and, and bringing love into our life in whatever capacity uh, that, that would fit. So that seems to be the totem animal for the day. Um, how does that sit with you? Thank you. Good. 
Sorry, you're chopping in and out. I need to repeat that again. Pretty good. Good. Yeah. Um, seals are funny because they're also very, very playful animals at some levels. And, and one of the things I always tell people, and, I, and I, especially when this relates to love matters, you know, most of us have been wounded by love at some level. You know, even if it happened to be a long time ago, but I think we have to remember that love is also meant to be play at some level, and that's really where it largely originates from. You know, we can't choose to fall in love. I always think love kind of chooses us. And again, usually the seal is a totem animal. It means you're, you're kind of being maneuvered in that sense to to take a risk um, and to open up that door in your life again. So, that sound workable? Good. Awesome. All right. I, I, you must be. You, you're calling from a cell. Yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of getting a little bit of a, a bleed through for a back and a forth. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you on here. Uh, the last time I was talking to someone, I accidentally um, hung up on them every time. Uh, okay. Anyway, so okay, I can hear you again. All right. Do you have any questions? Okay, yeah, I'm getting a little bit of a, a choppy uh, signal here. So I'm just going to put you on hold at this point so you can still continue to listen on the show. And I think I might continue to talk about this a little bit more. I'll put you on hold, though. All right, there we go. Let's put Kathy on hold. Okay, I think she can still tune into this. Again, I'm still learning how to operate this uh, and maneuver this uh, this uh, call-in board. Um, but anyway, I appreciate very much you you giving us an opportunity to do that. Again, I think for a lot of listeners who would like to have called in, you know, keep this in mind. Uh, again, sometimes someone will kind of call in for you in that sense. So the seal does bring up this idea, and you know, I, I know it's funny um, when, when it comes to love matters. I, you know, I've been, I've been dating on and off, you know, throughout time, but I actually have been, you know really single or not quote-unquote in love for like almost 10 years now, which is kind of mind-boggling. I, I think it's partly due to, I, you know, at, at this point in my life, I don't necessarily feel that I need a partner or a relationship to be fulfilled. Um, it would be great to have one, and I'm certainly open to it, but it's not something that I need in the way that I did in my 20s. I always kind of thought that you had to find someone to be happy and and be fulfilled, and that's like something you had to kind of do. And that changed a lot in my 30s um, and in my 40s. You know, my perspective on all this has shifted a lot too. So certainly open to it, but like not a necessity in the way that it, it was uh, to feel complete when I was younger. I have a great friend of mine who is dating again. She's in her early 50s, and she's been married and divorced five times. And she's dating someone again, and it's a little rocky, although there's some good to it. And I jokingly said to her the other day, I'm like, you've been married and divorced five times. I don't even know if you're allowed to have another marriage. I think you, I think, I think you might have had more than your quota in that sense, but uh, I, I'm saying that with humor. It's one of her things. Um, you know, in fact, if you, there's a great book uh, called The Secret Language of Birthdays, I believe, and they kind of, if you look up your birthday, it'll tell you what your, you know, what one of your primary things are in relation to your birthday. And for her, they, her her birthday it's in um, it's June 23rd I believe and it's the uh, the day of the romantic so of course she's a little more compulsive 
about um, of romance and needing it in some ways. Uh, my birthday is November 29th, and in the book, it's the uh, they call it the day of the instigator. And um, you'd be surprised, you know, some people might say, oh, that's not very nice. I'm like, oh, no, that's exactly what I am. For good or for bad, I'm a button pusher. I always have been. I can push buttons and upset people. I also am really good at pushing buttons to help heal and guide people, too. So uh, it, it kind of works both ways. In fact, I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit more uh, probably in, in one of the next couple of shows as I do a column on it for snake oil. But um, I've had a number of, of what I've been calling Facebook wars lately where uh, I've been uh, – Few people have posted a few things in, on Facebook um, that were either direct related to me or indirectly that I commented on, and it's been very funny. I love to um, I love to dialogue and debate with people. Like I kind of live for it, and uh, and uh, it, it was fun because I I say this with with a, with a touch of arrogance, but typically when I debate, I, I tend to win um, when it's an area of knowledge that I'm knowledge knowledgeable about. Um, I had a I had a woman um, on, on Facebook the other day, a couple about two months back, who who uh, I, I had written something about the Mercury retrograde, and Mercury was retrograde, and what that all meant about how it affected our communication and how we think and communicate and speak and all that. And she kind of it wasn't one of my friends. Someone had shared it. One of my buddies had shared it on his, and uh, a woman kind of commented that. Um, who is this, what is this guy out of his mind? You know, kind of like uh, Mercury is a planet that orbits around the sun. That's it. Anybody who, you know, thinks it means something else has is, is got a couple of screws loose. And I'm paraphrasing what she said. So, of course, that just triggered the Sagittarius debater in me. And I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch into a couple of words here about this. And I had said to her, <laughs> you know, I had said on the thing, I was like, listen, I actually have my roots in astronomy. When I was a kid, I was, used to have telescopes. I was really into astronomy. That's what I wanted to be at an early age was to be an astronomer. But when I found out about astrology, it became so much more interesting to me. And, uh, you know, I said, I, you know, I've read 60 or 70 books. I've read thousands of people's charts. I was being very sarcastic and saying, oh, obviously, but she's enlightened me now. I realize I've wasted, you know, all these years being so foolish and uh, so I was a little tongue-in-cheek about it, but um, and then she kind of argued back that obviously all these astronomers were wrong, and I was the one that was right, trying to be sarcastic. And I, my response was, you know, it's funny how uh, myopic people can be, because astrology doesn't argue with astronomy. They're two different ways of looking at an influence, Um you know, and, and I've used another analogy to this. You can look at a dog as a collection of, of, of you know, bones and blood and muscle and tissue, and you would be right. Or you can look at a dog as the, the best friend that was a support for you during a difficult time in your life or a family member that you love or someone who reminds you to be happy. So that dog has multiple influences on, on, on what it represents and what it is. And that's what I had said to her on Facebook. I was like, astrology, again, it's not arguing with astronomy. It is a planet that orbits around the sun. I mean, of course it is, but it represents a part of us. And if you learn the language of astrology, you would fully understand how amazingly right it is and how... Um, and how much insight it can really, really give you. But you don't have to learn astrology to have a good life. It just couldn't be of help to you. 
So it's very funny how myopic people are. And, of course, I said that, and that shut her up, which I knew it kind of would after a while because she was being rather arrogant. And uh, I always tell people, you know, that's a very interesting thing to consider. When you learn multiple languages, whatever that form may be, whether they're actual languages or different philosophies or perspectives, you tend to be a more broader, expanded human being simply because of that, because your mind is forced to look at things in multiple ways. And that creates more tolerance, more open-mindedness, more awareness. So it's always good to learn other languages. And there's all kinds of languages. Like even uh, what I was using as, as, as Kathy's totem animals, an ex- uh, totem animals as an example, this is a language. In the Druid tradition, the, uh, the seal is an example of many different animals in the Druid tradition. But they believe that when an animal showed up in your life, it, was, it had a message for you. It was reflecting an attribute or a characteristic of you back. It may be doing that in a positive way. It may be a challenge, um, like, for instance, the seal in its reverse position. Um, it actually came up upright when I pulled it for Kathy, but its reverse position can represent, um, you know, the more, the more negative side of things, the, um, uh, the, the, the sense of a dilemma that each way you turn could involve a risk or a potential loss, but that you know that you have to make some type of a, a choice. Um, the seal reverse can represent loneliness and a separation, but it also reminds you that that would only necessarily be temporary, and that, lo- that loneliness or that separation may be um, something you're, you're choosing at some level. It may be just conditions that you have to deal with for a while until they shift and they change. So, um, again, it can, it can be read from, from both angles. But, uh, again, when you learn that language of understanding the influence of animals, you have a tremendous amount of insight. When I see, um, you know, when I see an owl or I see an animal, um, it always brings up that, that perception of what that actually means and why I happen to be seeing that. Um, I was in California this last weekend visiting my brother, and we kept seeing huge pelicans. And um, it was really cool. We were, you know, we were in Redondo Beach area. We kept seeing these huge pelicans. Of course, I began to tell, um, you know, the people I was around what the pelican kind of represents in the Druid tradition, and uh, they were, of course, were like, "Oh my God, that's really, really cool." Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, it's, again, it's no accident that we, we were supposed to see um, this animal. So in order to not torture any of my remaining listeners here, uh, <laughs> the pelican, again, in some ways is similar to like a crane. Um, and in, in the Jewish tradition, it means secret knowledge, patience, and longevity. A crane will sit for hours looking in the water before it darts at its prey. It has a patience in that sense, um, to be able to do that, but it almost always gets its prey when it does it. So the crane, in its positive sense, reminds us that sometimes we have to wait for the right thing to come along and then to know when to go for it in that sense. It also, crane energy in a negative sense could be like when we get irritable and frustrated because we're getting bombarded by people and we have no alone time, then often our crane energy goes out of balance. We become crabby. We become cronish in a negative sense. Uh, and by the same token, the reverse is also true. If we have no companionship, if we're not around people, we also can have a tendency to get irritable because we're not getting a healthy amount of social exchange. So crane energy can bring this up at, at, at dual energies. Um, 
So again, seeing cranes was was really a very interesting thing, and I shared that, of course, with some of my family and the friends that were around. So anyway, uh, looks like we are winding down here. Um, I'll be back again here next week. Thank you, Kathy, for your call. I'm, I'm sorry we, we got cut off. I think that there, that was a issue with the line, but um, I got that information out for you, so you can always check this out later if you missed any of it. Um, and uh, I know her call got dropped, and uh, but I appreciate you uh, your willingness to call in and check out the show. Hopefully that gives you some insight into some influences in the coming year. Uh, again, I should be back here again next week. Um, and we will uh we'll look into talking about some other things and uh i've got some great shows coming up in february as well if you're interested in a copy of either of my books you can uh contact me directly um to get a copy and i can send you out a signed copy of either book and or you can go to amazon.com and purchase them there and information about the services and work that i do all available on uh my uh website uh, if you're local in Phoenix, check out the uh, Sonoran Living on Monday and check out the numerology segment I'm going to do if you can. And, uh, again, I thank everyone for tuning in today. And all, if you're catching in the archive, thank you for tuning in that way also. Uh, wishing everybody a great Thursday. And I'm going to go grab myself a nice hot cup of tea. I know it's nice and warm here. It's like 70. I'm always cold. This is part of being um, an Arizonian. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in to Snake All Radio. This is Jim Ventura signing out. We'll catch up with you next time. Peace.